Ireland. There we leave it for our, our second segment of talking points. But Brian, you know, Colm uh, alluding there to a point made by by Tom Brady, who's interviewed by Stephen A. Smith, and he's sounding off about the standard of play in the league. And and one of the points he made was around, um, you know, hits, and probably prompted by the comments that, that Jim Harbaugh made, um, after that injury to Mark Andrews in the the Ravens and Bengals game, where he was accusing the uh, Spangles linebackers. Logan, is it Logan Wilson? Logan Wright. Was it Wilson? Was it was it Wilson? Am I right there? One of the yeah, yeah. One of the Bengals linebackers. Anyway, apologies. Yeah. His name escapes me right now for 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 what's what's been called the hip drop. So where a, a defender kind of grabs a player around the hips and then just drops to the ground to bring him down. Now, you know, which caused America, which caused Mark yeah. Andrews injury because yeah. he, he fell on Mark Andrews' ankle as as he's bringing him down. You know, Brady was saying. It's up to the up to the offensive players to protect themselves. When I was playing, you know, we practiced the fundamentals of the game. You learned how to protect yourself, and you know, defensive players. It's not their duty to protect you. It's your duty to protect yourself. Says Tom Brady, who you know, the, the entire slate of rules were changed to make sure that Golden Boy stayed on the field for as long as possible himself. But you know, even Brady's weighing into the the game's gone soft debate. Now, I don't. Know, I don't. Go on. Sorry. No. Go, keep going. I, say, I, I I thought. Okay, Harbaugh speaking in, in, in the heat of the moment after a, a key player, arguably his key player other than Lamar Jackson offensively, gets injured. So naturally he's miffed. Um, I, I didn't like the way he threw Wilson under the bus for that. Like I'm looking at a defender going, Mark Andrews is a 112 kilo, 6'5", tight end. Like how exactly are you supposed to bring this guy to the ground? You know, with, with, with an arm tackle, it's just not going to happen. Like you're going to have to use your body weight in some way, shape or form. It's difficult enough for the officials to officiate as it is. And in particular in that play, because if you if you watch the play back, and we've seen Mark Andrews do this time and time again, it's a very efficient play in which the which the Ravens do, which is the exposed centre of the, of the field. The way the the angle he gets, and we've seen it with other touchdowns, he, he gets the angle so well, that, and obviously then he's got yards in front of him, and he's going to not like you're getting to the end zone. What other way is the guy going to get it? Like it's just not feasible. He can stand up to him. He, he has him on he has him on the angle. Because the nature of the throw was perfect and put it precise into the into the bread basket essentially, it's, it's I don't see any other way around doing it. And I don't think it's any malice. It's just a like it's surprising to say Brady says I, I'm surprised you go to Colin on this because I don't want to see a Colin's tone during this. But is Brady coming into the league next year? Is Brady joining the Fox covers next year? Is it next year or the year after? Because he's he's he, for me and and Colin probably going to his top of the this. He's transitioning himself already into what people want to hear on the broadcast by doing this. Slowly, slowly catch me monkey. I'll put out this stuff. By the time next season comes, I'm everybody's friend in the boot. But like with Brady for me was the ultimate player at navigating ways to get any advantage he could, including building with footballs for God's sake. I've got two in the corner that he hasn't got to yet. He might find his way over to Dublin 13 at some stage and let the air out of those. I mean, this guy is the guy that took any advantage he could. So I find it a bit off-putting that he's going this way, but we know why he's obviously getting yeah. ready for his, his new career. Sorry, Cobb. Go the, on. the other part of the point, Colin, and, and I'm setting this up nicely for you, was, you know, and, and Brady's obviously learned from his soon-to-be Fox colleagues, John Hannity, never let the facts get in the way of a good story, but he's um, he's dropping bombs over the standard of play, which, you know, surprise, surprise, is nowhere near where it was when Tom Brady was, was, was at its peak, um, which... I would suggest is at variance with both the facts and the evidence of our eyes. He's, but Tom has—he's only got a year, twelve months. Let's forget as well. 
Uh, there, there are a, hu- a couple of th- things, right, on this, right? So where, where to begin? One, I, I think that we now, more than ever, live in a world where you are judged not by your actions, but by your words, um, which is terrible. So you can, as long as you're willing to, um, to, to say stuff, uh, everyone ignores what you actually do. Um, Tom Brady name drops Ray Lewis uh, is one of the guys. I go back 2009, right? The Ravens are playing the, the Patriots and Suggs gently brushes Tom Brady. Tom immediately turns around looking for a flag and then pumps his fist, uh, celebrating like he scored a touchdown. Ray Lewis called him embarrassing. He said he it was a man's game and to grow up. Wow, here we are in 2023 and Tommy Terrific has retired and Tommy uh, sees the, the way the winds of, of change are going, that people want it to be tough and what, like nostalgia sells. Sorry, Connor, the Bears have been better than anyone at selling nostalgia. The 85 Bears, I mean, the Bears are... That's all we've got, Colin. Don't take that yeah. away from us. So, so people love nostalgia. So Tommy throwing it back. Um, like Tom, Tom made a, an entire career, like, and, and so to, to name drop Ray Lewis, and and he did this, and he and I I didn't do this. Yeah, right. You nearly got Gronk killed against Seahawks. Gronk had a a, lacer, a lacerated kidney because Tommy threw it into the middle of uh, against the the Seahawks, and Bobby Wagner um absolutely creamed Gronkowski. So Tom is absolutely ignoring the reality of the situation and how he never, Tom Brady would never, it was his responsibility not to put his um his players in harm's way. Uh, Wes Welker got absolutely like, um you know, a- annihilated numerous times because Tom threw, threw the ball in, into the middle, ditto Edelman, um, et cetera, et cetera. And by the way, how many of the, these players, again, were, were taught like, it's just ridiculous. And when he says about the standard of play, I, I think there are a couple of things on that. One, the the rules have changed a little bit. And some of this, I think we had a generation of QBs who I think Connor probably benefited from the fact that they could take as many reps as they wanted kind of in college, then kind of graduated into an NFL where the rules were changing. So Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers, Eli, and a few others had so many passing reps in college, in high school, and then came into the league. So that where they were much more prepared, um, and then they benefited from the fact that the rules did change, it became a much more pass-happy league, and they were able to take advantage. Those guys have moved on. We now have a new uh, generation of QBs, some of whom aren't, um, I think, uh, ready as, as yet. There are examples such as CJ Stroud who are. But I also think that some of it is, we know the league is a copycat and some of it has been, and I go back to, I've said this before, but it's been a while I've talked about it on the show. I genuinely think Peyton Manning winning a Super Bowl with the Broncos, the way he was in 2015 and the way it's portrayed, because the way it's portrayed in the media, you would think Peyton Manning was like a geriatric cripple when he won that and that he the, the Broncos completely carried him and his wheelchair uh, to it. Ignoring the leadership of Peyton Manning, ignoring the fact that the fans went absolutely crazy when he came back in and everything else that went with it. And that seems to have convinced a number of these teams that not only can they get by with average QB play, but they can get by with 
bad QB play. And I think that is some of what it is playing into this. But Tom Brady is absolutely playing to the gallery here. And what he says is not what actually used to happen. It, it's 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 irritating as well. And like I do, I will say that there's one aspect where he might have a point, which is because of the player safety protocols. And, and I wouldn't be suggesting for one second that they reverse this. But guys get a lot less full speed reps, a lot fewer full speed reps before they come in. So when a guy gets when a first team player gets injured and the next guy up comes in, I don't think they're near as game ready as they would have been ten or twelve years ago when Brady was at his peak. So I do think in that narrow sense, he probably has something of a point. I also think it's. It's insulting because it's almost as though there's only one phase of the game that matters. And, you know, from the NFL's perspective, that, that may actually be the case, that they only really care about offense and they only really care about passing plays. They only really care about it make, making it look pretty. But the extent to which the best defensive coordinators and the best defenders have stepped up their game to keep in lockstep with the rules and to try and, 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 and catch up, you know, what we've seen this season is some of the best defensive play I've seen since, you know, arguably since the heyday of the of the 85 Bears. Like, you see incredible cornerbacks, incredible defensive backs coming out of college now that are NFL-ready. You see the, you know, the, the the best minds in the NFL, the Anarumos, the Spagnuolos, the, the Brian Flores, dialing up, like, exotic schemes, confusing the hell out of quarterbacks, you know, changing things up, doing things that, that defensive coordinators in the past didn't do, and, and, and players making plays, you know, it, it there's a reason defense has been ahead of offense this season. And it's not that the standard of play has been poor. It's just that the standard of defensive play has been a hell of a lot better. Can I just throw it in there? Were you suggesting that players, the second round players, are coming in and prepared? Are we throwing that back into because of the CBA agreement, which the players looked for in terms of reducing practice sessions, availability, producing, reducing added sessions? And the various things that come with that and how, how available players are to the, to the coaching. Absolutely. By, by this stage of the season, all, all you're getting is walkthroughs, which which is probably the right yeah. thing to do from a player protection perspective. But it, I do think it means that the, some of the players who are coming in then, you know, are, they, they're, not, they're not game practice ready. Practice. It's going to take a couple of, couple, of, couple of games for them to get up to game speed. And you're yeah. seeing that as a result. Yeah. Can't disagree with you. And I agree. I'm fully in line with what Colin said in the Brady situation. It's... Uh, I chuckle that I can't. It's hard to take it seriously, but people will take it seriously because it's it's Brady. I'm with the I'm with the action. Moving on from the from the man of the past to the to the men of the present and the future, I wanted to talk about uh, particularly the playoff contending quarterbacks, who you can trust and, and who's a bust. So we were dividing these into uh, I'd like to say this into several categories. So we have uh, let's let's start with the best. So uh, I've categorized these loosely as the untouchables. So. I'll, I'll, I'll start the ball rolling here. Feel free to criticize. In the untouchables category, I, I would have the two players we saw on Monday night. I'd, I'd have Mahomes and Hurts in that category. I'd have Jackson in as the third player. I'm, I'm willing to hear bids. Oh, Jesus, two big slurps of drink being taken, right? There's odd takes coming in fast here. No doubt I'm, about it. <laughs> can I, sorry, I thought you would have some cards for us. So, you know, trust, untrust. No. <laughs> or we could do it like higher than a Mahomes or lower. We could do We could do higher and lower, yeah. Right. Is there anyone you'd add to that list or is there anyone who shouldn't be on that list of untouchables? I I'm I, I'm 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 interested to hear uh Mr. O'Leary's take on on that. I I would agree I would agree with all three that you have on there, Connor. And in terms of um who who else I think I would have Josh Allen. I, I don't I think I think Josh Allen is a fantastic QB. Uh, I don't think the issues uh, that are existing in Buffalo are are his fault. And if you if I was going in to a, a Super Bowl, 
with with Josh Allen. Um, if like if Josh Allen is your problem, you have great problems. Like you really you really do. The guy can put a team on his back. He can um we, he can win in so many different ways, and he can make throws um that other guys just can't can't make. His, his ability to to beat you uh, on the ground and in the air. Uh, for that reason, I'm I would be prepared to put him into that tier of untouchables. Brian, I don't think there's anybody else you could put into that tier, and so maybe I'm kind of navigating away and giving you an answer. But you look at the other potential teams in the FC, like Brock Purdy. Depending on how this season plays, you could argue maybe he could be in there, but because he, I would, I would say he's rebounded very well after two losses in terms of. Or sorry, the three losses in terms of how they come back off the bye week. But Calabria as a group to come back really well off the bye week. But he had a really strong game on Sunday, but then people could suggest this isn't a strong book side. And the previous week, he, he, he did do quite well in the in tough conditions in Jacksonville. But he's, we haven't seen enough, and he's only in the league a year for him to be in the touch. If Joe Burrow is still uh, healthy, uh, I would obviously be yeah. him in here. But obviously no question. Out. Yeah, I only have no. him because he's injured yet. Yeah, okay. Well, then there's no one else really in the AFC right now. That you would put in there, and in the NFC, the bear in mind, Goff is, you know, was supposed to be the kind of interim quarterback. But lines we've done, it hasn't played out that way. I don't think you can put him in there. So right now, I don't think there's anybody in the playoff picture right now. Until it has his question marks, because yet they've yet to be a team with a plus five hundred record. They'll put the Raiders in there. They were five and four last. Five hundred exactly. Um, yeah. The next category we have is within a tush push of greatness. So we've discussed. Allen already, and you know, as an arguable case for the untouchables, I'm not not going to lie on that. I have in this tier Herbert. I have Dak Prescott in here. I have Trevor Lawrence in here. I, a question mark, but given the level of his play this season, I think it's it's worth having the debate. Should CJ Stroud be in there? Is he already that close? Um, and I've and I agonized over this one because he has actually won a Super Bowl. Is is is, is Matthew Stafford? I would have two in there because I think the Lions right now are. Tennessee team that could end up being the number one seed and then they would have a serious opportunity to get those to be in the play in Super Bowl bearing in mind I think they would have their home record this season has been off the charts or so dominant in the red zone he plays at a different level at home than he does when he's on the road so I think if he was to get a, a run at it in the playoffs in Miami I think we could seriously consider seeing them in the Super Bowl and I don't think it was ever absolutely not for me because of the team which he plays for but what are we suggesting? If he gets traded somewhere else, we have to put. Are we talking about teams that are going to the playoffs in this in this particular conversation? We're, we're, we're talking about the QB. So, like, all right, I I would argue the toss of Tonga though. I need to see that playoff run before I before I put him. I have him in the next category down, which which we'll get to in a second. Um, Colin, how do you see it? Oh, um, I mean, uh, like for me, her like Herbert is ah. Uh, because of he hasn't done it as yet, I can't put him in, in untouchable. But well, I think Herbert is, is fantastic. Like uh, I, I had a, a little bit of a, a debate or a discussion uh, with with Fred on Twitter uh, this afternoon about this. To me, and I know this is a slightly wider point, but I, I do think it, it is relevant here. Sometimes, right, the Chargers and the meme are at the weekend, right, was the Chargers play the same game. Uh, and then like, the Chargers play the same game every every year. The Chargers play the same game for the last 10 years. The Chargers play the same game the last 20 years. Oh, the Chargers play the same game the, the last 30 years. 
the, the, and they they do. And here's the issue: is that it goes beyond the Chargers have changed head coaches, the Chargers have changed uh, quarterbacks, they've changed GMs, they've done everything, they've had superstars. Nothing has worked, right? Because the ownership situation there is bad. They are bad owners, and that creeps in. And we don't talk about it, right? Because a lot of the times it's somewhat intangible um, and the owners have so much money that media don't want to discuss it because if you do, you lose access. But um, how, how, do I, how do I put this diplomatically? Philip Rivers was as talented a QB as Eli Manning, I would argue. But Eli went to an organization who are properly run, um, who want to win and who put pieces around Eli to allow Eli to win. Philip Rivers did not have that. And and the 2010 Chargers are, uh, you know, probably the, the ulti- ultimate example. And I think ultimately Herbert could have a very similar career to Philip Rivers. Could, I think he's more talented, um, but they're never going to put the pieces around him. And so you can move on. And don't get me wrong. Brandon Staley is a huge issue there. Absolutely is. But this goes so much deeper than than Brandon Staley. Um, and it, it is going to impact because people the, people dismiss Herbert completely well, on the, the basis of the, so the last poorly. the last superstar QB the Chargers let go won a Super Bowl in New Orleans. There you go. Right, the next category down I have Brian is win with but not because of. I have Goff, I've Purdy in here. Um, I, I had Tunga Wailo in here. I know you'd have him higher. I had Wilson here with a question mark. Like vintage Russ, obviously, is two tiers higher for me. Higher than Zach Wilson there for seconds. <laughs> no, 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 no. We have a whole special category for him, um, and and have Gino. Yeah, Gino. I mean, Gino, and so I'm surprised we haven't got to it because I wanted to see Gannon's reaction to Sunday because Gino, for all his flaws, was brought back into a game on Sunday because essentially the backup couldn't do anything with the ball, and he, he somehow. Managed to get them just about with the field goal range, but unfortunately it wasn't to be. But he has been struggling this season, so yeah, they're winning me in spite of him. Who else would you put in there right now? Difficult to see. I, I would have put Brody a little bit further up, but I'm obviously thinking at the bigger picture in terms of where the 49ers are for the season. Yeah, I have to look at who's on the periphery here in terms of the playoff picture to uh, put in another quarterback. I'll let Colin go for it. I want to mull this one over if you don't mind. Um, again, on like on on Gino stuff, and this probably goes uh, for some of the points I was making earlier, uh, Connor, in relation to media and narrative and spin. Um, there were people out there that would would have you believe that that Drew Lock was hard done by. Uh, Drew Lock didn't get a chance. That Drew Lock was a great QB. Uh, and there are Seahawks fans who just a couple of weeks ago were calling for Drew Lock. We needed to bench Gino. Uh, it wasn't working well. You got to see Drew Lock. You, do you want more of it? Do you do you want more of it? Because you ain't going anywhere with Drew Locke as your QB, and for that alone, uh, Gino actually uh, absolutely de- deserves to be in uh, this tier. Because I, I do think Gino can win you games. Um, I, I think with with Russ, like all all of the all of these QBs. I think need to to be in the right system of sorts. I know undoubtedly there'll be Dolphin fans that will disagree with that. Uh, to Anon wouldn't hear it. Um, I think Goff is probably one who Skyler has Thompson shown... nearly won a playoff game with that team. Like I, you know, you you sent two by Lowe's to Chicago. <laughs> it's the ultimate test. Yeah. 
Well, I, I think in fairness to Goff, Goff has shown probably more growth. Now, look, Purdy's are very, very young, um, but Goff has shown an ability to learn and grow. He, when he went to the Lions, it was almost an afterthought. Um, but he has shown an ability to improve his game. Now, we talked about Russell Wilson earlier. Russell Wilson was humbled last year. And Russ is finally learning. And he didn't want to learn the lesson in Seattle. And it took Russ to be embarrassed repeatedly on national television. Um, and remember, Russell Wilson lost 15 pounds, a full stone th- this offseason. Um, so it took that sort of humbling for Russ to be, be willing to play uh, with the, within the, the system. Um, but like, again, in the, in the right system, yeah, he, he's, he's doing quite well. I, do, I don't believe any of the QBs that we are going to talk about, uh, you know, uh, should be elevated into this tier. And I don't think, um, any of them are worthy of as yet Purdy may get there, but I don't think any of them are worthy of being in a higher tier. Brian, next tier down then is they might have a hot streak in them. Um, I have Derek Carr, Josh Dobbs, I have Sam Howell, and I have, again, a question mark here because I'm not sure where to put him, but Jordan Love? Yeah, actually, I was going to show, them, show that one in there because the, the Zars, the sounds right now, the Packers are only one game out of the wildcard spots. And uh, they have, again, everybody has a kind of, a, 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 I suppose, a position on their schedule, but... People are looking at the Packers' schedule, maybe outside of the weekend towards this game against the Lions. And finally managed to breach that 21 point mark, which they haven't done since the first game of the season against the, the vaunted Brandon Staley defense. Yeah, well, Brandon Staley's defense is, is a nightmare, it's a disaster. Um, sorry, I couldn't get away from this. We have to call this out. Brandon Staley said he's, we're not going to, I actually not going to play the video, but he, we've all seen the, the video on the rant at the, at the press conference and now he's getting frustrated with questions being asked from him about, why he continues to call the defense. And he said it wasn't the defense that lost us the game tonight. It was a number of reasons. They're 31st against in yards and out. They're 32nd in passing yards and out. And they're 32nd on first down and out. How does he think that his defense is playing well? How does he think this is sustainable for him to be calling plays on the defense? That's probably why Jordan loved had a really strong game on Sunday because he's gone because arguably one of the worst defenses in the league. However, we've haven't we've seen some bright spots? I thought he played quite well in Pittsburgh the previous week, and unfortunately, inception the end when it looked like they may have won the game. And maybe they can turn it, maybe they can turn things around. Because the one thing I would say about the Packers, if they get things going, they can. We saw it towards the end of last season where things fell and fell for them when they won a lot of games and obviously didn't win the final game. But if he can build confidence on, on that win on Sunday, and, and to, like I'm sure the Packers are looking towards this game and saying, We saw what the Bears did to the, the Lions on Sunday, can we revisit that and do something similar? get away from the point I think Jordan Love is well is well in that particular category and he could potentially move himself on depending on how he plays over the course of the season uh, what do you re- what do you reckon Carl if he's the future um, I, I've seen flashes I suppose from um, jo- Jordan Love but um, he, he fourth I, quarter against the Saints is probably his his greatest work so far you know when we talked about the Chiefs only managing one fourth quarter touchdown this year he lit it up uh, you know when they really needed him to in that game yeah he, he did but equally they, they've needed him to step up at other times now he hasn't been helped by just how young uh, that uh, wide receiver room and tight end group are 
Uh, he looks like QB who's been sitting for a long, a, a long time, too long. Um, I, I, I do think the Packers... Really benefited from all that carefully nurturing and mentoring that no doubt he got from Aaron Rodgers. In, in, indeed. Um, I, I do think that, um, you know, they, they, they're given, you give them another a year to, to see uh, how, how it goes. Um, and they, in, in terms of, they've managed to negotiate a contract that allows them to, to do that. So trending upwards, but I don't think he believes to deserves to be in, in any other tier other than what he's in right now. Brian, the next tier down I've dubbed, don't fancy oh. yours much, into which we have the entire Jets QB room, in, in my humble opinion. Um, when when the punter threw the, threw the best pass over the weekend, you know something's badly, badly wrong with your quarterback situation. And uh, and Mac Jones, and we can throw Bailey Zappi in there as well for I wonder how many games Patriots would have won if they had a series from a quarterback because they're not like a lot of the games are down to Mac Jones' poor play early on in the season, missed time passes, interceptions. The Saints game, he picked six, a pick six against the Cowboys. There was a number of different pick sixes. He's had a, an absolute shocker of a season. I you wonder if there was someone went in there again. You know, I think I'm on the Derek Carr and Love Chamber. No, I'm just saying if it was someone, I'm, he's the first in the space of mine, but if he was to go in there. And he's having the best of season here for saying, so maybe it's a bad, bad, bad call. But somebody along those lines, like if Joshua Dobbs was in there, and that's why Jets fans are equally frustrated now as well, because, you know, he was the, he was available for, you know, for a small ransom. It wasn't anything major in their draft. And the Jets didn't make that trade or didn't even seek to make a trade. And we're seeing where they are now. I mean, I wonder if the Patriots would have been in a better position, you know, if they had a different quarterback there. I'm, it's the same situation with the Jets. Like, if they had a, a serviceable quarterback in there, I mean, Zach Wilson can't do anything, right? I mean, he's fallen over himself, which is going out to the field. I mean, he, when he slipped him coming out for the, for that particular drive, I mean, nothing can go his way. I don't think he's been helpful. Other people in the team, people are putting it all on him. I was looking at the numbers in terms of the run game. Brees Hall, 10 carries for 23 yards against a Bills defense that couldn't stop anybody running on them over the past four or five weeks. He had 63 yards in total uh, offense and some rushing. Yeah, he looked better in the passing game than in the running game, Brees Hall. Um, yeah. Colin, any, 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 anyone, like, the, I, I have three in here who are unknown quantities. You know, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Jake Browning, and, and, and Aiden O'Connell, who I'm not sure, to be fair, we've seen enough of to make definitive judgments, and that certainly would be slightly unfair to put them in the don't fancy yours much category, but um, anything you're seeing or hearing or anyone we've missed? No, I, I just think on the the Jets situation, again, it goes back to the fact that, you know, Salah stood up and lied and that, that impacts, right, when you... when you Now, I, I think he was put in a bad position by ownership because I think ownership forced his hand uh, and this is, again, where it doesn't get talked about because the Jets owners are uh, quite powerful. They have a lot of friends in the media. People don't want to annoy them. Uh, so they they won't consider it. the The only other thing um, that's maybe Jets adjacent uh, is interesting is the Browns have brought in Joe Flacco. Uh, Joe Flacco spent time with the Jets, and they never considered bringing him in. Uh, Joe Flacco is is not the answer. I don't know why you would bring him in unless it's an absolute like you know break glass in in case of emergency, uh, perhaps. Um, but you know we are he. Joe Flacco is a guy who, you know, caught fire at the right time uh, once and uh, lived uh, an entire career off of it. Uh, but uh, no, from from the, the, the ones listed. Well, you know, 
there is always that hope that you have a Nick Foles or a Jeff Hostetler or a Joe Flacco that just happens to hit a run at the right point in time, win five or six games. That's all you need them to do. And 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 the rest is history. Yeah, there's always a story in the NFL where a team comes out of the blue, you know, where it's making the playoffs and those going around with a quarterback at a lesser extent than others in the league. But it's always a bit of situation as well. You find yourselves in the right situation with the right coach and the right scheme. It's like we have to bear that in mind. And like we've seen many a quarterback off of one year, you know, conundrum where they do really well and they, they live off that for the rest of, rest of their career. The, the Flacco one is interesting as well because Colin will remember this as well, but we spoke about this last year. Flacco doesn't come across as the type of guy who wants to nurture your own quarterback. We saw similarity with Tannehill. Flacco has always, always been a bit, a bit outspoken. I'm not here to help any other quarterback. I'm here to focus on my own game. So he doesn't seem like the type that you would bring into Cleveland you know, to help with the quarterback situation in terms of trying to, his experience of playing the game, it doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that won't do that. So it's an interesting one. But he may get a chance because, like we saw on Sunday, they got out of line, but you could quickly turn for, for a rookie quarterback and they may have no choice but to bring in Blackwood if they're not comfortable with PJ Walker. Yeah, indeed. All right, there we leave it for now. We have obviously the Thanksgiving slate on Thursday, so we'll be uh, a little bit earlier for our picks this year or this year, this week even. We'll be uh, we'll be back tomorrow on Wednesday on YouTube Live making our Week 12 picks. And we will talk to you then.